The privacy laws of the United States deal with several different legal concepts. One is the invasion of privacy, a tort based in common law allowing an aggrieved party to bring a lawsuit against an individual who unlawfully intrudes into their private affairs, discloses their private information, publicizes them in a false light, or appropriates their name for personal gain. The essence of the law derives from a right to privacy, defined broadly as the right to be let alone. It usually excludes personal matters or activities which may reasonably be of public interest, like those of celebrities or participants in newsworthy events. Invasion of the right to privacy can be the basis for a lawsuit for damages against the person or entity violating the right. These include the Fourth Amendment right to be free of unwarranted search or seizure, the First Amendment right to free assembly, and the Fourteenth Amendment due process right, recognized by the Supreme Court as protecting a general right to privacy within family, marriage, motherhood, procreation, and child-rearing. Attempts to improve consumer privacy protections in the U.S. in the wake of the 2017 Equifax data breach, which affected 145.5 million U.S. consumers, failed to pass in Congress. Right to Privacy Early Years The early years in the development of privacy rights began with English common law, protecting only the physical interference of life and property. The Castle Doctrine analogizes a person's home to their castle, a site that is private and should not be accessible without permission of the owner. The development of tort remedies by the common law is one of the most significant chapters in the history of privacy law. Those rights expanded to include a recognition of man's spiritual nature, of his feelings and his intellect. Eventually, the scope of those rights broadened even further to include a basic right to be let alone, and the former definition of property would then comprise every form of possession, intangible, as well as tangible. By the late 19th century, interest in privacy grew as a result of the growth of print media, especially newspapers. Between 1850 and 1890, U.S. newspaper circulation grew by 1,000%, from 100 papers with 800,000 readers to 900 papers with more than 8 million readers. In addition, newspaper journalism became more sensationalized, and was termed yellow journalism. The growth of industrialism led to rapid advances in technology, including the handheld camera, as opposed to earlier studio cameras, which were much heavier and larger. In 1884, Eastman Kodak Company introduced their Kodak Brownie and it became a mass-market camera by 1901, cheap enough for the general public. This allowed people and journalists to take candid snapshots in public places for the first time. Privacy was dealt with at the state level. For example, Pavesic v. New England Life Insurance Company, in 1905, was one of the first specific endorsements of the right to privacy as derived from natural law and U.S. law. Judith Wagner Decu stated, Pavesic was the first case to recognize privacy as a right in tort law by invoking natural law, common law, and constitutional values. Samuel D. Warren and Louis D. Brandeis, partners in a new law firm, feared that this new small camera technology would be used by the sensationalistic press. Seeing this becoming a likely challenge to individual privacy rights, they wrote the path-breaking Harvard Law Review article in 1890, The Right to Privacy. According to legal scholar Roscoe Pound, the article did nothing less than add a chapter to our law, and in 1966 legal textbook author, Harry Calvin, hailed it as the most influential law review article of all. In the Supreme Court case of Kilo v. United States, 533 U.S. 27, 2001, the article was cited by a majority of justices, both those concurring and those dissenting. Brandeis and Warren article. The development of the doctrine regarding the tort of invasion of privacy was largely spurred by the Warren and Brandeis article, The Right to Privacy. In it, they explain why they wrote the article in its introduction, political, social, and economic changes entail the recognition of new rights, and the common law, in its eternal youth, grows to meet the demands of society. 
More specifically, they also shift their focus on newspapers. The press is overstepping in every direction the obvious bounds of propriety and of decency. Gossip is no longer the resource of the idle and of the vicious, but has become a trade, which is pursued with industry as well as effrontery. To satisfy a prurient taste the details of sexual relations are spread broadcast in the columns of the daily papers, the intensity and complexity of life, attendant upon advancing civilization, have rendered necessary some retreat from the world, and man, under the refining influence of culture, has become more sensitive to publicity, so that solitude and privacy have become more essential to the individual, but modern enterprise and invention have, through invasions upon his privacy, subjected him to mental pain and distress, far greater than could be inflicted by mere bodily injury. They then clarify their goals, it is our purpose to consider whether the existing law affords a principle which can properly be invoked to protect the privacy of the individual, and, if it does, what the nature and extent of such protection is. Warren and Brandeis write that privacy rights should protect both businesses and private individuals. They describe rights in trade secrets and unpublished literary materials, regardless whether those rights are invaded intentionally or unintentionally, and without regard to any value they may have. For private individuals, they try to define how to protect thoughts, sentiments, and emotions, expressed through the medium of writing or of the arts. They describe such things as personal diaries and letters needing protection, and how that should be done. Thus, the courts, in searching for some principle upon which the publication of private letters could be enjoined, naturally came upon the ideas of a breach of confidence, and of an implied contract. They also define this as a breach of trust, where a person has trusted that another will not publish their personal writings, photographs, or artwork, without their permission, including any facts relating to his private life, which he has seen fit to keep private. And recognizing that technological advances will become more relevant, they write, now that modern devices afford abundant opportunities for the perpetration of such wrongs without any participation by the injured party, the protection granted by the law must be placed upon a broader foundation. Modern tort law. In the United States, invasion of privacy is a commonly used cause of action in legal pleadings. Modern tort law, as first categorized by William Prosser, includes four categories of invasion of privacy. Intrusion of solitude, physical or electronic intrusion into one's private quarters. Public disclosure of private facts, the dissemination of truthful private information which a reasonable person would find objectionable. False light, the publication of facts which place a person in a false light, even though the facts themselves may not be defamatory. Appropriation, the unauthorized use of a person's name or likeness to obtain some benefits. Intrusion of solitude and seclusion. Intrusion of solitude occurs where one person intrudes upon the private affairs of another. In a famous case from 1944, author Marjorie Kinnan Rawlings was sued by Zelma Kaysen, who was portrayed as a character in Rawlings' acclaimed memoir, Cross Creek. The Florida Supreme Court held that a cause of action for invasion of privacy was supported by the facts of the case, but in a later proceeding found that there were no actual damages. Intrusion upon seclusion occurs when a perpetrator intentionally intrudes, physically, electronically, or otherwise, upon the private space, solitude, or seclusion of a person, or the private affairs or concerns of a person, by use of the perpetrator's physical senses or by electronic device or devices to oversee or overhear the person's private affairs, or by some other form of investigation, examination, or observation intrude upon a person's private matters if the intrusion would be highly offensive to a reasonable person. Hacking into someone else's computer is a type of intrusion upon privacy, as is secretly viewing or recording private information by still or video camera. In determining whether intrusion has occurred, one of three main considerations may be involved, expectation of privacy, whether there was an intrusion, invitation, or exceedance of invitation, or deception, misrepresentation, 
or fraud to gain admission. Intrusion is an information gathering, not a publication, tort, legal wrong occurs at the time of the intrusion. No publication is necessary. Restrictions against the invasion of privacy encompasses journalists as well. The First Amendment has never been construed to accord newsmen immunity from torts or crimes committed during the course of newsgathering. The First Amendment is not a license to trespass, to steal, or to intrude by electronic means into the precincts of another's home or office. Public disclosure of private facts. Public disclosure of private facts arises where one person reveals information which is not of public concern, and the release of which would offend a reasonable person. Unlike libel or slander, truth is not a defense for invasion of privacy. Disclosure of private facts includes publishing or widespread dissemination of little-known, private facts that are non-newsworthy, not part of public records, public proceedings, not of public interest, and would be offensive to a reasonable person if made public. False light. False light is a legal term that refers to a tort concerning privacy that is similar to the tort of defamation. For example, the privacy laws in the United States include a non-public person's right to privacy from publicity which puts them in a false light to the public. A non-public person's right to privacy from publicity is balanced against the First Amendment right of free speech. False light laws are intended primarily to protect the plaintiff's mental or emotional well-being. If a publication of information is false, then a tort of defamation might have occurred. If that communication is not technically false but is still misleading, then a tort of false light might have occurred. The specific elements of the tort of false light vary considerably even among those jurisdictions which do recognize this tort. Generally, these elements consist of the following. A publication by the defendant about the plaintiff. Made with actual malice, very similar to that type required by New York Times v. Sullivan in defamation cases. Places the plaintiff in a false light, and highly offensive, for example, embarrassing to reasonable persons. Thus in general, the doctrine of false light holds. One who gives publicity to a matter concerning another before the public in a false light is subject to liability to the other for invasion of privacy, if, a, the false light in which the other was placed would be highly offensive to a reasonable person, and, b, the actor had knowledge of or acted in a reckless disregard as to the falsity of the publicized matter and the false light in which the other would be placed. For this wrong, money damages may be recovered from the first person by the other. At first glance, this may appear to be similar to defamation, libel and slander, but the basis for the harm is different, and the remedy is different in two respects. First, unlike libel and slander, no showing of actual harm or damage to the plaintiff is usually required in false light cases, and the court will determine the amount of damages. Second, being a violation of a constitutional right of privacy, there may be no applicable statute of limitations in some jurisdictions specifying a time limit within which period a claim must be filed. Consequently, although it is infrequently invoked, in some cases false light may be a more attractive cause of action for plaintiffs than libel or slander, because the burden of proof may be less onerous. What does publicity mean? A newspaper of general circulation, or comparable breadth, or as few as three to five people who know the person harmed? Neither defamation nor false light has ever required everyone in society be informed by a harmful act, but the scope of publicity is variable. In some jurisdictions, publicity means that the matter is made public, by communicating it to the public at large, or to so many persons that the matter must be regarded as substantially certain to become one of public knowledge. Moreover, the standards of behavior governing employees of government institutions subject to a state or national administrative procedure act, as in the United States, are often more demanding than those governing employees of private or business institutions like newspapers. 
a person acting in an official capacity for a government agency may find that their statements are not indemnified by the principle of agency, leaving them personally liable for any damages. Example, if someone's reputation was portrayed in a false light during a personnel performance evaluation in a government agency or public university, one might be wronged if only a small number initially learned of it, or if adverse recommendations were made to only a few superiors, by a peer committee to department chair, dean, dean's advisory committee, provost, president, etc. Settled cases suggest false light may not be effective in private school personnel cases, but they may be distinguishable from cases arising in public institutions. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.